There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, a podcast that looks back at individual seasons for sports teams that are so incredibly memorable, we have to commemorate them, whether it's because they won, because they lost, somewhere in between, they were fun, they had a lot of streakers running on the court, whatever it was. Gotta have a streaker or two, or colossally bad. Smith, because we will laugh at or with fan bases as well. We're going to look back at the 2009 season. For the New York Yankees, this was their most recent championship. And my goodness, was this full of twists and turns from the beginning. I don't know that any team has won a championship that's gone through as much off-season red tape and controversy as the Yankees have had coming into this year. Well, going into that year, it's almost like the taking off of tabloid TV on a whole other level, right? Mm. So it only fit that the Yankees and the Back pages of the fish wrap would have a story seemingly every day of great magnitude. And we watch it all the way through to 2020, right? As the Yankees celebrated the departure of Mookie Betts from the Red Sox (laughs) (laughs) roster, right? All of those things that we see time and again. But yeah, this was uh, a season uh, unlike they'd seen in a long, long time. It was a long way to get to beating the Phillies in the World Series. And here's to give you an idea of what the Yankees went through to start the season. First of all, they were opening the new Yankee Stadium. All right, the old stadium was done. Here's a new Yankee Stadium with the jet stream and all the balls are flying out of new Yankee Stadium. And I remember the prices of the seats was the big deal. When new Yankee Stadium opened, it was, wait a minute, this seat in new Yankee Stadium, if you corroborate it to the old Yankee Stadium, the seat for this game is $250 more. I mean, that was what the prices were for new Yankee stadium. Yeah, the corollary, absolutely huge. I mean, you shrink the stadium a little bit and let's face it. You got to pay for that construction in, in New York somehow. Hey, this stadium didn't go up for nothing, you know? Yeah, no matter this what you're doing free. on the TV network <laughs> side and whatever other sweet deals you might've made with the construction companies. Yeah, see, I wanted to make you laugh there. No, it's uh, good. You got to, uh, you're uh, getting in some nefarious. Yeah, but well, fine. the potential is there. Sure, it I'm is. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying. Hey, you want people build, do each other favors. You want to build something on six square blocks? You got to come talk to me. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so the fact of the matter is, you've got to recoup some costs, mm-hmm. and that's the way it goes. Personal seat licenses, all of those kind of things, sweet prices and concessions. You, you got you to gotta pay the piper. And to get a seat in a new stadium of any of the major mm-hmm. cities, right? We're ready to launch a new one here in Los Angeles. You can only have so many Taylor Swift lover fests. Eventually, you got to play some sports in there. And the sports people, they've got to pay for some of this. 
So while the Yankees are waiting to open the new stadium, there was a big passing of control as George Steinbrenner stepped down as the main decision maker for the team on November 20th, the year before his sons, Hank and Hal, would run the team. This is a seismic move because this is a guy who micromanaged every aspect of the Yankee franchise, sometimes to the franchise's detriment before they... Got all those great players in 1996, 1997, but Steinbrenner was it. He was the back page guy. He was He's the, Jerry the Jones. straw who stirred the drink, but even more so than Jerry Jones because every day George Steinbrenner gave you something. It was sometimes outlandish. It was sometimes pointed, but he always gave you something. And look, in ill health, you know, he passed away um, about a year or so later, but he went from being a larger-than-life figure to now his sons are running the team. Well, and he... Traded Costanza for some fermented chicken. Costanza. Yeah. No, I, that's just huge, right? We talk about larger-than-life figures in the in our sporting world. You know, we commemorated and, and mourned the loss of, of Kobe Bryant, tragically, you know, in that helicopter crash, and that's abrupt. But then you have giants like a George Steinbrenner who'd been part of the game and had been so instrumental to the growth of the game. And what he did, buying the Yankees and creating a network and all of this, changed the way business was done. Mm -hmm. And be with the, all the headlines that he controlled, made sure New York was always A number one and the A block of every breakdown, every highlight show ever to come. Because well, look, growing up in New York, that everything. was it. You know, yeah. When I was a kid, the Mets stunk, then they got good in the mid-80s when the Yankees stunk, and that's when Steinbrenner really started taking over, because if the team wasn't good, at least he was going to make headlines, and that's what he did. And it was every day. It was, boy, everybody knew all the players, and you knew George. You didn't know who the hell owned the Mets. Nobody knew. <laughs> nobody cared. But you knew George Steinbrenner. I was going to make a joke about who's still owning the Mets and will own the Mets and chaos that's associated with you know, I don't your think anybody, team. I don't think anybody needs to know that. It doesn't. I don't think anybody does know. But I don't think anybody needs to know that either. <laughs> well, it, I mean, they might no hit difference. their Google machine and see who owns it today. Could be Bobby Bonilla for all we know. But the just that, that switch is just seismic. Just because when we look at our, our major sports landscapes, there's, from an ownership perspective... A lot of anonymous, faceless guys, and and women to that matter. I mean, across sports that that don't cut through, that aren't making noise, that aren't even when we talk about the commissioner and who is you know their brains wrapped. Who are the leaders? Like you might know two or three of them. In baseball, you still have Jerry Reinsdorf with the White Sox, but even then, he's one of one of thirty. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, a lot of other guys. If you you tried to you know play the game i mean you're really good at state capitals if we tried to I play that game capitals. with uh, i am good with sports ownership groups or principles it would be a very difficult game to play the capital of washington is olympia uh so <laughs> while this is going on brian cashman makes big changes to this yankee team because they were coming off missing the playoffs for the first time since 1993 think about that for a second Obviously, in 94, there was no season. The Yankees Screwed made the playoffs. White Sox. Yankees <laughs> made the playoffs every year from 1995 yeah. through till 2007. Every year they were, didn't win the World Series every year, but they were in the playoffs every year. 2008, they still won 89 games. Didn't matter. Wasn't good enough. So what do the Yankees do in the offseason? They part ways with Jason Giambi, Carl Pavano. Bobby Abreu, Yvonne Rodriguez, Mike Messina retired. Oh, you also lose the Jason Giambi in the in the Golden Thong. So there is that. <laughs> no, it was his brother that had the Golden Thong. No, wasn't no, it Jeremy? No, no, Jeremy Giambi didn't have anything. It was Jason Giambi had the the Golden Thong? Okay, Jeremy Giambi. He was he was in he was in Moneyball for five minutes. Yeah, Jeremy he, Giambi. He was, he was a little. Little out there sometimes. That shed ninety million dollars in salary for the Yankees and how one golden thong. Yeah, but how many people remember that Yvonne Rodriguez was on? Not the many. Yankees. But it, look, hey, it happened. But <laughs> it, it did, happened. It did happen. Just There's like a... the golden thong happened, and whether you want to admit it or not, it happened. I think you used to wear a golden thong, and that brings back bad. What memories. do you mean used to? Oh, wow, really? That's something for our show at night. Hang on, let me write that down. Write, write it down. down. We'll celebrate all of it. So that sheds $90 million in salary. What do the Yankees do? They bring in Nick Swisher. Nice trade. White Sox yeah. the year before, 46 extra base hits, 69 RBI. Did only hit 219, but 
came up with some big hits and still some power. They bring in A.J. Burnett, who was for most of his career disappointing, but for this one moment in time, hit it pretty good with the Yankees this year. Seemed to find the right group to hang out with that, e- that season. Eh? Mark Teixeira comes in and becomes a Yankee right away, a big addition, and they go out and spend a lot of money to get C.C. Sabathia, who was the free agent prize acquisition. He goes seven years, 161 million dollars. The Yankees doled out a lot of money. They gave $82 million to A.J. Burnett. They gave to Shara eight and one eighty. So shedding all that salary said, yep, we're going to go give to Shara a bunch of money. We're going to give it to A.J. Burnett. We're going to give it to C.C. Sabathia. It's kind of funny when you look at to Shara, the, the thought that he'd already been through three teams before he showed up in New York, mm-hmm. a guy of that caliber with that level of production the year before 33 home runs to one twenty one with a 308 batting average, and CC Sabathia getting all that money, he must have passed a lot of health inspections because oh, the way boy. he was brutalized by the Milwaukee Brewers, I thought his arm was going to fall. I remember seeing that contract going, the end of that contract is going to be so incredibly brutal. Right? Remember, remember was when that was so signed? brutal. How the 2008 season, just every other day, it seemed like we'd gone back in time to where guys were pitching 57 times in a mm-hmm. season with CC Sabathia. Who's pitching for the Brewers today? Sabathia. Like, <laughs> Who pitched wait, yesterday? What? Sabathia. It's like, wait, he pitched Monday. It's Wednesday morning. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, I mean, we started him on eight hours rest. It's going to be great. He goes 11 and two for the Brewers, has a fantastic mm-hmm. season, goes into the postseason, whatever. But it was just one of those when the Yankees signed him is really, what do you expect? And to your point, what do you expect the last three years? Yeah. How heavy he's going to be, the injuries. And it wasn't a great last three years, but it wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be at the end. Well, and the tail was quite long, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he just finally hangs him up after yeah. the 2019 season. So this is where the Yankees are. They're feeling pretty good. They remake the team. And then just before spring training, Alex Rodriguez... Admitted to using steroids while playing for the Rangers back in 2001 to 2003. He admits this. It's a huge story. And then A-Rod gets hurt. So he misses most of spring training, the early part of the season, with a hip injury. And now the Yankees have to answer for Alex Rodriguez admitting to steroid usage. Not with the team, but way before they got him. Doesn't matter. A-Rod Yankee steroids. This is what they're dealing with going into the season. Kind of a big deal. You make a bunch of additions and looking to rebuild off a non-playoff year. And this is A-Rod still you're trying to, he's not embraced as a Yankee at this point, right? It's still Derek Jeter, all the rest of your high-priced free agent acquisitions and the guys that were homespun, homegrown, and you still have A-Rod, and now you've got this admission and he misses the first month and a half of the season. So yeah. it, it adds to just uh, enough for the tabloidal nature uh, of the newspapers and reporting as well. I mean, this is back when Jeter versus A-Rod was everybody loves Jeter. Everybody hates mm-hmm. A-Rod. You know, A-Rod's image was bad. And now the the steroid thing tarnished it even more. And how are the Yankees going to survive with Alex Rodriguez? Look, this is around the time when we started finding out the names of the big players who involved with steroids. Manny Ramirez was there as well. And it was just a gut punch after gut punch because it was following the Mitchell report. But here's A-Rod who people couldn't stand anyway. And now here he is. Oh, steroid, you're a PED guy. That's why you're so good. It was everybody hates Alex. Everybody loved Jeter even more, which had a lot to do with his popularity increase at this time. But I didn't see, even though the Yankees thrived on controversy, how are they going to survive this? How are they going to, because A-Rod's going to come back and play. They're paying him a lot of money. Mm -hmm. There was no way they were getting out of it. There was no way they were trading him. He was going to come back and play eventually. How are they going to get out of this? Like like Batman. Like Like every time when I watched Batman as a kid and there would be, they would, cut the episode into two and the cliffhanger was here's Batman and Robin and they're in some kind of cylinder that's going to pull their molecules apart and oh they're never getting out of this one then they get out of it like that's kind of how I felt about A-Rod how how is A-Rod and the Yankees going to get out of this one I mean, they did, but I didn't see it at that time. Well, you got helped by the fact that we mentioned all of the off-season acquisitions with very hefty price tags with them Mm -hmm. so by this point his contract, he was just a guy I mean, in terms of the dollars and cents, and you can slink away a little bit, the team playing well and having the run that they did 
certainly helped. And showing back up on the field and hitting a home run in your first at bat, probably not a bad way to, you know, re-engage your audience once you come back from that hip injury. Well, you still had great players around the team, not only who they signed. Remember, this is still Robinson Cano playing mm-hmm. second base. You know, this is Johnny Damon in the outfield when the Johnny Damon contract was still pretty good for them. You know, look, they they had a pretty talented team. Melky Cabrera was a big uh, contributor here. Hideki Mitsui, a designated hitter. Oh, so Godzilla. It's not like missing... Alex Rodriguez suddenly meant, boy, they have a gaping hole. It's just, how do you navigate this? How does Joe Girardi navigate this looking for a championship when you have Alex Rodriguez hanging over the team? And not only that, you had Joe Torrey's book, The Yankee Years, come out right before the season started, which caused a lot of controversy because he called out Alex Rodriguez and Brian Cashman in his book saying that, Brian Cashman betrayed him in contract negotiations, said that the Yankee players called A-Rod a fraud. And so many Yankees were upset. They felt, oh, Joe Torre breached the confidence of the locker room by writing this tell-all book. And Joe Torre said, no, I didn't, but it didn't matter. No, it's good that he helps run Major League Baseball now. (laughs) Wait till his tell-all book on Major League Baseball comes out. That's good. Here's how the sausage is made. I kept three of the trash cans from the Houston Astros. (laughs) But this was surprising because you didn't think Joe Torre. I was surprised because I didn't think Joe Torre would do something like this. Right. This was not a Joe Torre thing to say, here's a book, I'm going to make money He's on a it. lifetime baseball guy. Yeah. This isn't a front office dude who came out of the you know, accountant's lot at, at some company because he was good at analytics, got hired in. This was a guy who was an MVP. This was a guy who was thrice World Series winning manager. All of these things. And he releases this book. It just flies in the face of everything about <laughs> the clubhouse code and, and everything else. But you know what? Everybody, uh, everybody's got a price, right? Isn't that what Ted DiBiase taught us all those years ago on our Saturday morning WWF? So wait, Joe Girardi's got the briefcase out. Is that what he is? I don't and know he's who's Virgil, Virgil in he's this. Virgil? Is he? No. Well, that's the question. Is he the guy getting the money from Virgil? <laughs> Am I giving and, the money to you who, or am I and Virgil? And who would Virgil be in this scenario? Oh, well, let's see. Virgil held up. Virgil's Brian Cashman. Okay. Because he gave out the money Because I was going to gonna wonder whoever the publisher was of this book. Would they be Virgil <laughs> in this scenario? How did the Yankees go on from here? How did they go on to win 103 games? How did they go on to finish first? And how did Alex Rodriguez complete the most unlikely character turn we have seen in sports in quite some time? Keep it right here. All the drama is ahead. We haven't even gotten to the season yet. Not yet. For the Yankees. I mean, this is the year that, you know, the Cowboys opened Jerry World in 2009. Your guy, Mark Burley, pitched a perfect game. One of my favorite because he could always pitch a game in under two hours. You had plans that night you had no problems those games were going fast but the biggest thing in 2009 is we just give you one nice thing to get ready for the rest of the podcast we do what we do we look back at the year that was in 2009 we saw bellator one bellator one bellator think about one was the hundreds that have followed yeah i, I think they're up to now bellator 5000 because it's bellator like every three days Seems like that. I think that's where we're, that's we're where creeping it goes. up on 250 here pretty fast. <laughs> that was Bellator one in 2000. All the way back in Hollywood, Florida, at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Uh, it was so popular they taped it the day before, cut it down, and aired it the next night on television. Oh, that that that's how big Bellator one was. It was an exclusive television agreement with ESPN Deportes. Why do you got to roll your tongue? You can't just say ESPN Deportes? Because it made it sound uh, better. Okay. You're like a local news anchor. Why not? All right, very good. Okay. I, know, I just want to know why you're doing it. Los Angeles. <laughs> so all that and more coming up right here as we look back at the 2009 New York Yankees season and all the wild twists. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Continuing on here, the 2009 Yankees, the last championship team for the Yankees. How did things start out for them? This was Joe Girardi's second season. The pressure was on him because the Yankees didn't make the playoffs in 2008. And this was it for him. If they didn't win this year, it would have been, boy, we made the playoffs every year since 1993. Right? The Yankees, the first time they didn't make it, well, obviously we had the no season in 1994. But every year in the playoffs and the first year for Girardi, they don't make it. They started out pretty rocky. It's not like this Yankee team was dominant from the beginning. I wonder how much more rocky your things needed to get to. Like if they got to the all-star break, still underachieving, if Girardi would have even been around because, you know, we talked about it. They spent so much money trying to get this team ready. They got rid of so much salary from the year before and brought in so many new players. I don't know that he would have gotten more than the all-star break to get things going. No, really curious because in April they go 12-10 and 10, and then they lose six of their first eight May games. And uh, George Steinbrenner earlier in his life, the Billy Martin years, Joe Girardi's gone. He might be back by the end of the year the way the revolving door works. Twice. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the, the potential certainly was on, on out there for it. And the curiosity was already he held held firm, waiting for things to gel, perhaps, you know, a little calmer heads of with all those new additions and, and the high priced uh, add ons that you've got that maybe you needed it to, to marinate a little longer before you, you got hit your stride. But and it's a good thing it did, but even into the all-star break, not exactly running on all cylinders and causing the wow factor, at least for a moment. And I remember the articles being written. It's like, is, is the day of paying big salaries and, you know, trying to be Goliath, are they over? Mm -hmm. This was a turning point in the season for them because at this point, Alex Rodriguez is set to come back after being injured, after answering questions about performance enhancing drugs. And it was, I remember Yankee fans, my dad, all the Yankees going, oh, the last thing we need now is A-Rod coming back. Last week is A-Rod coming back. Turns out what they needed was A-Rod coming back because this more so than any other season turned out to be Alex Rodriguez's dark side of the moon. It was his, he, he had other seasons with better stats, 50 home runs, 150 RBIs, but this was his season where the Yankees needed him. He not only came in and gave you a great year, but as you're going to hear about later on, I mean, he was this close to being World Series MVP. Without A-Rod, this team doesn't do it. He comes back in May, hits a three-run homer on the first pitch of the season. The Yankees have three walk-off wins against Minnesota, and they start getting things together a little bit. Look, 
the only way A-Rod was going to get past the PED allegations, which were a huge bombshell, it was, oh, my God, A-Rod PEDs. This was back when it was, oh, my God, Manny Ramirez and A-Rod. Here's all the great sluggers of the past 10 years. This We're hoping we're not going to hear their names. And then, boom, here's a bombshell with Manny. And then, boom, it's Alex Rodriguez. And it's A-Rod. And, and look, everybody wanted to go crazy on him because people didn't like him. And now it was, oh, he's a Yankee, and now I can hate him even more. Oh, he was very polarizing. And it was now, but you were always a great player. And now you needed help. And now it's all A-Rod, A-Rod. And he really flipped the script. But that's the thing. With A-Rod, the hand-wringing was there was no body change, right? When he came up, he was a big kid, mm-hmm. right? McGuire, we we laugh at the 85 tops card. We laugh at the stick figure, relatively speaking, that was the 1987 rookie cards that were out there just to bring in the memorabilia and sports world because those are the images we remember uh, more so than anything. Barry Bonds going from what he was in his beginning of his career at Pittsburgh to what he became. Sammy Sosa, look at him when he was with the White Sox, then he goes away for one offseason and he looks like an action figure. Hey, with A-Rod, he looked the same. And I think that got people salty because it raised a lot of other questions as to, you know, it just used to seem, okay, the guy got bulkier, right? The guy got more muscular, blah, blah, blah. With A-Rod, more or less, he looked like the same guy. So it, it got you hand-wringing a bit. But for the Yankees, all pressure was on him yeah. once he came back. So everybody else just got to relax and play their game. So it was no surprise that they at least started to push a little bit in the right direction because... All right, A-Rod's going to do his thing. They're going to worry about getting him out, and the media is just going to worry about him. So we could just go back to work. And with all that pressure on him, and A-Rod has never had the image of being a pressure guy, he finishes that year with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. Despite all the time he missed. The Yankees set a record uh, with home runs, 243, but he still goes 30 and 100 in a game in which he's coming off, inj- a year in which he's coming off injury, he's coming off this controversy, and he was the spark the Yankees needed. They won a big game in June. They had a closed door meeting with Brian Cashman when they were playing in Atlanta. And the Yankees, that that night, the Yankees were getting no hit through six innings. Brett Gardner gets picked off first base. Joe Girardi gets ejected for arguing. Francisco Cervelli hits his first MLB home run. The Yankees go on to win this game 8-4, to four, and it became a springboard win. In fact, the Yankees even talk about what was the difference in your season, and they all say, well, A-Rod coming back and putting his head down and hitting, and that game beating Atlanta, and from then on, the Yankees just steamrolled by everybody. It's not like they ever were in trouble after that. A-Rod came back, he put his head down, and he hit. They won this game, everything started clicking, and the Yankees rolled to the AL. East division from July 1st to the end of the season they go 59 and 27 absolutely dominating that month of August 21 and 7 record and all the offense started to flow and when you look at the end of year numbers I mean you mentioned that that point it was became a launching pad just like you expected what 240 plus home runs as a team which I always use the phrasing of the veritable conga line. If it was ever in full effect, this was the gas house gorillas and bugs. They win the AL East by eight games over the Red Sox. The Tampa Bay Rays in third place, 19 games out. I mean, this was the Yankees suddenly are, oh man. Uh, watch out. They, you know, now they got A-Rod back. Everything is, is going their way. And they get to the playoffs and their first round, all about A-Rod again. All right, it's very quickly how this season became about him when Derek Jeter was so beloved. But this was, like I said, this was Alex Rodriguez's moment. Game two against Minnesota, they're down 3-1 in the ninth inning. And, you know, look, the, the Twins are, have a chance to tie this series and suddenly turn it into something. They got Joe Nathan, one of the best closers in the game, on the mound. And A-Rod goes yard, hits a game-tying two-run homer. You got David Robertson, escapes a bases loaded, no outs jam in the 11th. Teixeira hits a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 11th. And they sweep the Twins, who offer little resistance there on out. But as much as you have heroes with Teixeira and a... It's A-Rod's two-run homer. He had two home runs and six RBI in the sweep. He is your best player. He's the guy leading you through the ALDS, and this is very anti-Alex Rodriguez so far. Well, that's just it. You find those find those moments where guys that have always been great, you wait for them to break through. For him, for Barry Bonds, postseason was not always kind. 
And for this, this became the the magical moment, that acceptance. And even after that series, they would obviously, as we go through, go on to win it all. But even in that moment, it turned the tide of, all right, he's, we kind of embrace him as one of ours, right? Uh, LeBron James coming to Los Angeles, went through a whole year where he's still standoffish, arm's length with everybody. And then it took reading names of the those who perished in the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash and then throwing a prepared speech to the ground and kind of ad living that became his moment to a Laker being a Laker for Alex Rodriguez took shining in, in the first of these postseason series. Yeah. I remember that home run and it was like something happened at that. It was okay. A rods. Even the, the biggest skeptics were okay. Well, a rods always hit home runs, always done well. Now we need him and a two run homer when it looked like the game was over and he ties it, not only do the Yankees tie the game, they go on and win it. They sweep the twins and it was, Hey, now this, this is a postseason a rod, you know, we have playoff Rondo and now we have postseason a <laughs> rod who turns into someone who, Gets heroics in the ALCS when they play the Angels. Game two hits a huge home run to tie the game at 3-3 in the 11th inning off Brian Fuentes, who was the Angels' closer. They go on to win that game in 13 innings. Another big clutch home run in game two where the series can still go either way for the Yankees, and it's A-Rod hitting another big home run. This was, it was, he's doing it again. It felt like every time he came up, when they, he's going to get a hit this 2009 postseason. It was like, there's everybody else looks. CC Sabathia wins the ALCS MVP because he has two incredibly great mm-hmm. starts. He goes eight innings in both of his starts, gives up uh, on three days rest, gives up just a couple of runs. His ERA is 1.13, and he wins the ALCS MVP. He was absolutely huge, but it was still all about A-Rod. I remember being on the air, and it was every night was Alex Rodriguez. And here's Alex Rodriguez and trying to invent things to talk about with A-Rod because you know, whatever else the Yankees were doing, it was Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, he had a lot of love and positivity towards it. All right, redemption. And we always love a redemption story. But then there's still that little shadow of doubt. It's like, all right, he got he had gotten busted and everything. It's like, is he still? Can he still? And there's always just that nervousness for Yankee fans. It, it was now turned of, all right, we need this guy. As opposed to he was just a high-priced luxury and not accepted and everything else. And in this series, like CC Sabathia, you know, this was about as good as you can get. We talked about what Milwaukee tried to do with him the year before. Mm-hmm. I think he would have pitched every game if they could have pulled it off. I don't know. There's got to be something <laughs> in the union rules to where you can't, but uh, just a, a phenomenal series again. And for Alex Rodriguez, something that really helped in that redemptive story. So for the Yankees, they advanced to the world series. We're waiting for them. The Philadelphia Phillies coming off the 2008 World Series victory over Tampa Bay. They're trying to go back to back. And this was the dominant Cliff Lee. This was as far as Madison Bumgarner had been so good in the postseason in the late teens here. Late 2000s, it was Cliff Lee. And he turned into the biggest, most dominant postseason pitcher there was. And I remember going into the World Series going, boy, this Phillies team is loaded, right? You got Jimmy Rollins is saying, we're going to win in five or six games if we want to be nice to the Yankees. I mean, Chase Utley had a huge World Series. This is back when Chase Utley was one of the top five players in baseball. But Cliff Lee was unbeatable. And I remember saying, here's my prediction for the World Series. And I, I've never been more right about many things in my life. I said, the Yankees are going to win the World Series, but the Philadelphia Phillies are going to win every game Cliff Lee pitches. I just, the Yankees had that momentum. The Phillies were still so good, but they couldn't stack up, but they weren't going to beat Cliff Lee. And that's kind of what happened in the World Series. Yeah, Cliff Lee, for those that, that forget, I mean, just dominant. 2.81 ERA, won both his games. He had 13 strikeouts against three walks. And going up against that lineup, Man, look, you're getting going out with four or less runs allowed in six innings. You're feeling pretty good. Like you gave your team a chance. Uh, But for him, just dominant work, just didn't have enough around him. So that's where the Yankees sat. Yankees, Phillies, how did they win? And what former Yankee nemesis popped up to try to get in their way? We got all that and more coming up next right here. Special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Carmen. We look back at the World Series championship of the 2009 Yankees.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So just how did it go for the Yankees? And what former nemesis showed up to say, hey, you're not getting on. Oh, no, no, actually, I'm going to allow you to win the World Series. As I said a few minutes ago, and when I said on the radio at the time, did I say that enough? People remember that I said that. You, you've been around, right? yeah? No, no, sure. no. You I want to sure people know that I? You want I, me to I pat you on right. the back if yeah. I if I do it loudly enough, Could they you? can believe that it exists. Uh, I said Cliff Lee was going to win both games he pitched. As long as he pitches two games, I would pitch Cliff Lee every day because Lee was just that good, and the Yankees would win every other one. Well, Cliff Lee won Game One six to one, and he won Game Five eight to six. But those were the only wins. For the Philadelphia Phillies. Let me tag. Let me pat myself. Pat, 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 pat myself on the pat, pat, pat. You, you really have no flexibility. You got as bad flexibility well, it was as my I left, do. It was my left arm because I'm not a lefty. My right arm, I can get up high. See, I can't do my right my arm because I've got an impingement in my shoulder that needs oh, well. rehab and oh, probably no. surgery. You have an impingement in surgery. I just can't go up. I'm beat up. Arm. It's not my fault. Should have You should have stopped. Uh, what would you do that got your arm? Well, you shouldn't wrestle the gator. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Didn't wrestle a gator. You probably wrestled though. Wrestled my brother when I was fourteen, and uh, you, I jumped off the top pinned, rope, and I missed. Pinned my arm behind my back. Then I went Randy, to a, Randy savaged him. And, I went to a Bills game, and then I got slammed on on a, on a folding table. So. <laughs> Harmon and Smith brand tables for your next tailgate. <laughs> Why were the Yankees able to win the World Series? Because they beat up on, wait for it, wait, wait for, for it. it, wait for it, Pedro Martinez, <laughs> who the Phillies trotted out there for a couple of games. He had entered the Phillies rotation in August, right? He, he had signed with them. Couldn't get in the rotation. This is Pedro at the end of his long career where he had really nothing left in the tank. But he had pitched pretty well. When he comes in the Phillies rotation, Philadelphia won their first seven starts that he had, and he pitched really well. Pitched good against the Dodgers in the NLCS. And against the Yankees, he actually pitched okay in game two, but he left down two to one, and he lost that game. I mean, that was like the last great moment for Pedro. This is him at the end. He did get the start later on in game six, the must-win game. We got to stay alive, and this is when he gets lit up. He allows four runs in four innings, and the Yankees win the World Series. And not only do they win, but they can stand up and say, we beat Pedro again, and now we're World Series champions. Nine starts to a 363 ERA in the regular season, 44 innings pitched, uh, and that was it. That that postseason and off to broadcasting, he went. No more issues with Don Zimmer or anybody else. It was time for the next phase of Pedro Martinez. But for the 
the New York Yankees getting past another a nemesis like that and, and a nice wink. Guy who was a real pain. You know, think about the unbalanced schedule if those teams with Pedro and those guys were battling these Yankees mm-hmm. now. Well, how much, I mean, we talk about it all the time, just the primetime games, Yankees, Red Sox, and just has that extra oomph for baseball fans. Think about that if they were going 18 times <laughs> like they do now. Right? Like, good God. So it was about Cliff Lee. It was about Pedro Martinez, but the World Series was also about two other players. And again, we circle back to Alex Rodriguez. It very easily could have been Alex Rodriguez, World Series MVP. Game four, pivotal game. He doubles down the line in the top of the ninth inning against Brad Lidge. Yankees win the game 5-4, and it's A-Rod again coming through in the clutch in a game in which the Yankees absolutely have to have him, and it was almost like it was just going to happen. He's up in a clutch situation. He's going to get a hit. And I remember going through this saying, he's going to wind up being the World Series MVP, just like had the Giants held on against the Angels in 2002. Barry Bonds had such a great Mm -hmm. World Series after a horrible lifetime in the postseason, he would have been the World Series MVP. But... Angels win, so of course he's not, but he was that close. Alex Rodriguez was that close as well. Three doubles, a home run, six RBI in the series, batted 250. So when you get down to it, Matsui. Doesn't just, matter. He had he had big hits. He had two I, I know. Hits. It's it's just that there's also going to be that one guy, just like, you know, that guy that will never know who didn't vote until he writes a book. Yeah. I didn't vote uh, for Jeter to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. There's going to be one or two guys on that panel who are like, Forget it. I'm not. I'm not naming this guy MVP, right? That that's still going to be a very real effect. Yeah, sure, right. So no matter how clutch he was, I think he was facing an uphill battle to get any extra a- accolades, unless he really just outshined everybody to a monstrous degree. Well, that's the thing because this series in, in which Hideki Mitsui goes on to win the MVP, we're going to get to Game Six coming up in a second because that's the game Mitsui won MVP for. Is that it's not like anybody else had a great. World Series right. for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. It's not anybody else. It's Mitsui, and it was really just Game Six and A Rod with his clutch hits. So it's not like I can look and go, oh, Johnny Damon did this, and and you know we saw AJ Burnett did this or Sabathia did this. It was really it was really Alex Rodriguez. And when you look back at this World Series, I can honestly tell you they would not have won without Alex Rodriguez. Could they have won without Hideki Mitsui? Sure, right. They the would only, not have won without A Rod. Yeah, the only other guy you'd look at was Mariano Rivera. Because all the starters were average. Like they didn't I, I, dominate. Can't give, I can't give a closer. But, the, you know, but that's where we always get into you the know? difficulties of, of the closers, right? Hey, unanimous, though. Take that over, Jeter. Uh, <laughs> in game six, which is the game the Yankees would blow the Phillies out and win the World Series, this was Hideki Mitsui, the Hideki Mitsui game. Uh, Mitsui ended up with six RBI in the game. He had a home run. He had a double. He had a two-run single. He... Got a hit in the second inning, the fourth inning, sixth inning. He got the Yankees out to a big lead. And when you look at the gaudy numbers, six RBI in a World Series clinching game. He hit 615 for the World Series, albeit in limited uh, at-bats. Yeah, he only had 13 at-bats for the series. They give him the MVP. But I'm going to go back to a moment that possibly pushed it from A-Rod to Matsui. In this game, in the Matsui game, in game six, he has bases loaded. And he strikes out looking against Pedro Martinez. The next batter is Mitsui, who gets hit and brings in two runs. This is what gives them the bigger lead, pushes their lead out, and it's not a game anymore. Had A-Rod gotten a hit there, right? he gotten a hit, and instead of striking out, leading up to Matsui, he wins the MVP. He wins the MVP because now it's another game in which bases loaded, a clutch hit for A-Rod. A-Rod gets this hit. He wins the MVP. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. The photo on the front page of ESPN.com that they put up after the Yankees win the World Series, right? It's it's a photo of the Yankees celebrating. And this shows you the completed journey of Alex Rodriguez. It was taken at such the perfect time, the perfect angle, in which they win the World Series, right? And they're, they're celebrating on the field. And A-Rod is taking steps towards the pitching mound, you know, with his hands out like, hey, I won. 
And literally all of the Yankees who were in the infield were all staring at him and running towards him like they were going to tackle him because of the season he had. This is the year he started out as a fraud. Joe Torrey's book and everything else. And this was where he had a lot to do to win the team over and to win everybody over because it was still Jeter or A-Rod. You know, everybody still loved Jeter. It was like Shaq and Kobe. Everybody loved Shaq. But that picture was the total transformation. Here's A-Rod, and here's the rest of his teammates are going to look to jump on top of him to celebrate. They wanted to celebrate with him because they knew he was responsible. We want to also show our love for him, our teammate, who did a lot this year and went through a lot of crap to be able to celebrate this moment with us. That was the complete and total transformation for A-Rod. That picture, I'll, I'll never forget it. Here it is. He's, he's smiling, and everybody else wants to jump on top of him. Well, think about it. As, as we sit here talking about this early 20. 20- 2020, who's the face of baseball? You could argue it's Jacob DeGrom. Oh, sorry. Nicely done. But when we talk about baseball, where we sit in 2020, you don't have a guy. Alex Rodriguez in the broadcast booth mm-hmm. and some of it, you know, J-Lo uh, and everything uh-huh. else. I mean, he's he's about as good as it gets, right? In terms of the large characters of the game. We could talk about guys putting up great performances. You got Pete Alonzo, who looks like, you know, he's got a dad bod. Polar bear. The polar, polar bear. bear. Right? Polar you've you've bear. got Mike Trout. He's a great weatherman and Eagles fan. But beyond that, nah. uh, Albert Pujols, near the back end of his run. you got a few other guys mixed therein. Some of the young Dodger guys getting some run. Maybe it could become a Mookie Betts kind of world. But Alex Rodriguez is about as big as you get in the game 10 years plus after this moment. But in that World Series victory, becomes a true Yankee. Mm-hmm. Embraced by everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wipes out a lot of the ill will of the failed postseasons of the past. And everybody kind of pushes those to the side. And he'll always be a champion. Because there's guys that play for the Yankees, but don't ever really become Yankees. They they play for a few years and either the Yankees don't win or they don't live quite up to expectations. But they still play well mm-hmm. enough, but they never really become Yankees. You need that moment. You need that whatever the achievement is. And this was a rod. Yeah. I'm a Yankee now. I'm a, you know what the rest of my, doesn't matter how much longer I play. I'm a Yankee. And when you think of a rod, it's not a rod early in his career with Seattle. It's not the big contract with Texas. It's a rod and the Yankees. And look, he had the controversy at the end and his contract, but you know, you think of him as a Yankee because of this world series, because he finally won, you know, a rod turns into one of the Yankee greats of all time. And he also gets away from that list of look at all our leaders and all these statistical categories and the all-time greats that never got there. Mm. Right? Because, I mean, he was destined, or so it seemed, yeah. to be the latest in a long line of, hey, look at all these great stats, great years. But in the playoffs, empty. No. Here he delivered. Now, one other thing outside of A-Rod, the Yankees were able to do to win the World Series, which is really difficult to do, but they had the lineup to do it, was they kept hitting home runs. It was their calling card all season long. We talked about them setting a new franchise record then for home runs in a year, but it's hard when you rely on home runs in October. Because if you don't have an offense that's generating runs, eventually you're going to run into a, hey, we're swinging from the heels on every pitch. And if we don't hit home runs, well, we're going home. It's hard to hit home runs through three rounds of playoffs and win. And the Yankees did it. They were so powerful top to bottom. You could get home runs from anywhere. And they did. They got from the the regular suspects. They got them from places you didn't expect to get them, but they still were able to get a couple of home runs every game. And that turns a three, one game into a three, three game, a four, two game into a five, four win. And they were able to do it. It never got, it never ran empty. The bottom of that sock drawer never came up empty. Hey, we stopped hitting home runs for three games and we wound up losing, getting knocked out of the playoffs. They always hit home runs. Well, that's the beauty of having just power throughout a lineup. But we see it now and again, we saw it with the 2018, Twins and or 2019 Twins, I should say, and, and a few others. I mean, some of these Phillies lineups were absurd back in the day. But yeah, it, normally it, the well runs dry. But as you broke down the Phillies pitching staff, outside of Lee, you got a lot of guys that you 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 rode the the power performances of the offense for most of the year. When you're praying for big moments out of Pedro Martinez when he's out of gas, I mean, you you've tipped your hand as to the, your depth of your rotation. So the Yankees win the World Series, but there remains one big postscript coming off of this series. 
Again, the last championship the Yankees had, they had loaded up, they had signed a lot of players, and you thought, well, this is the beginning of a run of dominance. This turned out to be Hideki Mitsui's last game as a Yankee. Fans were screaming, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back. Mitsui had been in the middle of that lineup for a while. He was 35, but he was still hitting. He was still mashing, and you have the World Series MVP, and it was let's bring Hideki Mitsui back. But the Yankees had a glut of outfielders, so in the offseason, they let Mitsui and Johnny Damon go in free agency, and they struggled a little bit after that. I mean, look, it's not like Mitsui was still the guy he was when he was 30. 30, sure. It was a 35 and 120. You know, he was still 25 and 80, but it was still, he was such a big part of that team. And he was just one of those guys you counted on for so long that was going to hit in the lineup. You start taking out a couple of those pieces and it's, oh boy, now we really need those guys to step up in that hole. And when you don't, you realize the production that walked away. It's not like Mitsui had a lot left in the tank. He retired very shortly after, mm -hmm. but still it was keep Mitsui. And when Mitsui left, that left a big hole in that lineup. Well, the continuity, right? He never went into really long protracted slumps. Like he was a consistent hitter. Never, never the Godzilla that we thought was showing up to Major League Baseball, right? He wasn't a 50-home run guy. Everybody was expecting these gargantuan numbers, but he was a consistent player. And whenever you have to replace that, we watch that with teams in every sport. There's always just those glue guys that you don't recognize in the moment, especially when you're talking about the type of run generation that this team had, just thinking his absence would be that much of a, of a drop-off. Because that was a big salary. I mean, that was that mm -hmm. was one one of the other things. Not that the Yankees shed salary for some, you know, <laughs> philosophical reasons. No, yeah, they don't shed. Say they, they they don't let money go for philosophical reasons. No, yeah, but just, no, but no. it became a we're not going to pay him to stick around. Right, he was right? thirty five at right? that point too. So you know, it was someone someone in the early early days of analytics. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's always been analytics. Now we just have added the pejorative tone to it when we say it uh, these days. So there's your. Yankees World Series champions in 2009. It validates Joe Girardi. It validates CC Sabathia, Alex Rodriguez. What about some of those guys? Where are they now, Mike Harmon? All right, let's start. Uh, let's start with the fun. Well, the two obvious. Well, I mean, you got a lot of guys that stayed around the game that are coaches. So Anthony, because this is fun, you had 23 different pitchers used by the Yankees to get through the 2009 season. So underscore that a little bit. You got a lot of bodies rolling through. Uh, you've got. Uh, Anthony Claggett, he's now a pitching coach after he was with the New Jersey Jackals. I wanted to make a note of that because that's just kind of cool. Uh, we'll have to look at that logo. You might need a new hat. Uh, he's now at Washington State after a couple of other stops along the way. You got Shelly Duncan, who's working for the Blue Jays. And I wanted to ask you what you thought a major league field coordinator did. A major league field Cause coordinator. Because I, I know with our kids' soccer leagues, yeah, okay. there's someone that, okay, that has okay. to find practice fields or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and they make sure what when the fields are booked yeah. and when you can practice. But I'm pretty sure no one's booking Yankee Stadium. I don't think so. I don't think anybody was. I, oh, I'm, hey, we can't play the World Series. Why? Oh, I, I, I let I let up, you know, a, a, a peewee football team. Uh, they're going to come on and scrimmage that day. So, yeah, we can't uh, play the World Series. I'm, I believe it's kind of, kind of a um, an operations role. Is kind of how it works. Field coordinator for just the Yankees. Well, he's with the Blue Jays now. Okay. So, but just one team. But just one team. Okay. So I think it's kind of a a flow as to uh, implementing ideas throughout the organization, right? So here's what we want to do and the trickle-down effect to make sure managers and coaches are, are following the instruction. So kids, the kids at Class A are getting taught the same thing at Double A all the way up as opposed to... All right, next up, this guy's got a totally different answer. <laughs> so uh, as best I can I can relay, that's where it was. How about Chenmin Wong? Another guy oh, yeah. that was uh, maybe a legend. Last, uh, Not that we have a, a job for him, but there was a documentary. Were you going to say last scene? Were you going to say last scene? <laughs> well, last scene had a bunch of premieres for a documentary made okay. on his life oh. uh, around the baseball diamond anyway. Uh, called. Did he star in it? Was it the Chenmin Wong story starring Chenmin Wong? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, basically called Late Life, which is what they called his slider. Oh, I like life that. Going I like in. that. But the idea of you know, this is a guy that battled a lot of injuries to get back mm -hmm. on the diamond and they, to really extend his career. So late life having double meaning. See how clever they are in Hollywood? Uh, actually, in Taiwan. Because uh, it was, you know, a celebration uh, of their guy and, and how he 
battled back and became a folk hero. And finally, Brian Bruni. All right. So he pitched with the White Sox. He pitched in a, for four teams in Major League Baseball. Got to bring up the White Sox. Yeah, of course. No, you'll, li- you'll, you'll like this. Oh, okay. Currently, he works for a timeshare company as an executive in Seaside, Oregon. That's fine. As a kid, he was an extra in kindergarten cop. Oh, which one was he? I don't know. Oh, how do you not have that? I've not found that. Well, but he's an Wait. extra. That doesn't oh, mean that means he, he doesn't have it. No, he wasn't one of the. Well, he's dad. one of the kids in the in the room, but our, I don't think he has a speaking role. Our mom said, "My dad's a real sex machine." I mean, it was okay. Well, we know it wasn't her. Okay, well, I'm just making, making sure. So, wait, so now he's one of those guys that says, hey, listen, you can have a free stay yeah. in this hotel, but you got to listen to this pitch for an hour. What's funny, though, is sign if, if you to listen to enough person. ads, they counterbalance. There's somebody inviting you, and there's another guy, skid out of your timeshare now. <laughs> hey, uh, if you buy a timeshare, I'll tell you a story about the 2009 Yankees, Derek Jeter in Jetersburg. Oh, honey, uh, we got to buy this. I got to hear this story. I don't know who it involves. We got to do it. That'd be a good story. I mean, story time with Jetersburg. Boy, hey, Brian Bruni really gets a lot of timeshares sold. Huh? Tells a lot of stories about Jeter. He's got a lot of two. I mean, he had Jeter and he had A-Rod. Come on. So there it is. Our look back at the last championship the New York Yankees had in 2009. You can hit us up on Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome. You have an idea for a future special teams podcast with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. We'll talk to you next week. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.